Welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. Join John Bernadovich as he embarks on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals to understand what it takes to do HR like a boss. Each week, John chats with professionals with a wealth of knowledge and practical experience to help you tackle HR's biggest challenges. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to subscribe, hit the five-star rating, and share it with your HR friends. John is a father, husband, competitive golfer, author of HR Like a Boss, and founder of Willery, a professional services firm dedicated to HR and payroll technology and people. He is devoted to transforming the workplace by empowering the HR and payroll communities to navigate their ever-evolving business landscape with ownership and passion. You're listening to the HR Like a Boss podcast, hosted by John Bernadovich. Welcome again to the HR Like a Boss podcast. Super excited to have Devin Hughes on our show today. Met Devin through the Ohio HR Conference as he was a keynote speaker on a really critical topic around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And Devin, welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Super excited to be here with you today. So Devin, tell our listeners all about who you are, your passion for HR, and what you're into these days. Yeah, so I'm uh, blessed, and I say blessed, they have an opportunity to travel the world and speak professionally, consult, research, write about organizational culture, and how do you create an environment where human beings can be the best version of themselves in the new normal? See, what I found is that we don't have a playbook or predicate on how to create an environment right now post-pandemic. We're building it as we do it, and I have the opportunity to put my fingerprints on it. That's pretty cool. So we 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 put together this idea as, as if I'm hearing what you're sharing, Devin, that we don't really have a, a playbook. We don't have an architectural design. Uh, uh, maybe you do, but you're building it on quicksand, and it's always moving, changing, evolving. So we in HR need to make sure we're adaptable and flexible and and moving with the times. Is that is that what I heard you say? No, that's exactly right. And I think in in every adversity, there's there's an opportunity. In the mess, there is a message. And I think with HR right now, if you ever wanted to do a little bit of uh, give yourself a little bit of a makeover, it'd be right now to meet the needs of employees right now in terms of well-being, stress, anxiety, loneliness. You name them, you name the outcome, they're at epic highs. People feel uncertain. And if people are at the center or the apex of your of your ethos right now is the time to lean in. Yeah, no, I certainly agree with that a thousand percent. And I've spent my last five years of my free time other than golfing and spending time with my kids and wife writing my book, HR Like a Boss. And it's all about taking that unique opportunity that's in front of us, putting together a game plan on how you go from delivering HR as it was before or as you're currently doing it. And then doing it in a way, as we describe in our book, called Amazingly Awesome. That's that's your guide to Amazingly Awesome HR. That's what HR Like a Boss is all about. And one of the really cool things, Devin, that I found out in writing my book, and it sounds like you do a lot of writing yourself and research, have a lot of really bad ideas. I didn't realize how many bad ideas I had until I actually wrote them down. But occasionally, there were a, a good idea or two that came out of that book writing experience. And one of them was the importance of understanding your purpose, your your bigger why as to mm. what you're doing, why you're doing it. So I start all guests out beside, in front of or after, I should say, our introduction. 
What is the purpose of human resources from your perspective? Yeah. So, and I'm going to put it in context to where we are right now. Now, I, and again, that's just anecdotal, my, my experience. I think prior pandemic in a lot of instances, HR was um, served more of a prison warden mentality. And I'm not being crass there. With if, if something said something or did something inappropriate, who do they call? Not HR. Ghostbusters. They called yeah. HR. Yeah. <laughs> and again, is there a part of that? Yeah, still. But I think why people got into HR was to meet the needs of the employees, to help grow careers, help grow the organization, build capacity, help scale, all of the above. And I think right now where we are in HR, I think there's an opportunity to revisit that. And because there's no playbook on it, we get to essentially build the playbook on what it is to actually add value to the organization. And there's some natural proclivities to that. I'll give you an example. Um, I'm not toned after what's going on right now. Are we returning to work? Are we hybrid? Are we five day? Are we four day? Are we three day? Who knows, right? We're trying to figure it out. What are the needs of the business? I think these are exciting times in HR. If you ever wanted to be a part of something and build capacity, what great culture looks like, being in HR is an unbelievably great place to be right now and act like a boss because no one has the answer. This is the first time we've gotten the test. So I, I seem excited. I think we all should be excited right now. The, the problems are big, hairy, and audacious, but so are the solutions. Yeah, no, I agree. Couldn't couldn't agree with you more. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, Devin, because I know you have a, a a varied expertise. But one of the one of the areas that you've you you spend your time in is around employee employee well being, individuals mm. being in the right frame of mind, the right physical state, the right spiritual emotional place to deliver that. And I'm curious as HR embarks on this incredible opportunity that's in front of them, where do you think they need to be? to be able to A, transform how they do business and then ultimately impact employees that may be having those same struggles at work with challenges or may not feel engaged. So where, where, what is HR, what's HR looking at from a well-being standpoint, how they can better themselves to get in the right spot to take advantage of this opportunity? So I would say first this, everyone talks about first responders. I think HR practitioners are up there right with them over the last 36 months. It's been heavy and hard on HR professionals. So you need to take care of yourself first. I would argue that your well-being should not be hopeful happenstance. It should be a daily practice. You're a better human being. You're better in your role when you're in a better place emotionally. Second, you cannot give what you do not have. You want to support others emotionally? Mm, it helps if you're in a pretty good place yourself. So take care of yourself and still put, put on your oxygen mask first. As we go down that list of continuum, I don't think well-being now can be hopeful happenstance. And I don't think it should be performative or a series of activities. We need to get beyond um, the, the yoga room or the gym, some of the kind of that stuff. What I'm suggesting is that we should actually embed well-being right into the culture itself, meaning mindfulness. For example, how you start your meetings. What if we took five minutes to meditate before we start a meeting? Right? Then I know it's part of the culture. If well-being is a really a big deal, we treat it like a big deal and we embed it into the culture. And we look at a lot of the things that we do at work. They're stale. They're dry. Meetings are just in. Right? Why couldn't we go on a walking meeting? Why can't we embed exercise into it? Why do our one-on-ones have to be in the same room? There's a litany of different things I think you can embed well-being into it. 
And I will say this, I'll leave you with this. If I say to you, do you perform better when you feel better? The answer is always yes. Are you at your best when you feel your best? The answer is yes. Then how can not well-being be a part of the culture and part of your narrative and part of everything HR does? Yeah, that'll give my listeners a ton to think about and challenges that may have. And maybe you can start small and find your best friend at work. And if they ask you for a meeting, say, let's go for a walk. And we'll talk about whatever that challenge is that we're trying to figure out. I think that's a great suggestion, Devin. I love it. Let me take a quick minute to put all of our listeners to sleep as we give a plug to our podcast host, Willery. Willery is a staffing and consulting firm that has a focus in placing HR and payroll professionals, not only in direct hire opportunities, but also in temporary or fractional roles. Willery also provides consultative support around technology. So if you're struggling to get a return on your investment with your HR technology, or you're struggling to find talent for your HR or payroll teams, please visit willery.com to learn more. Also to make sure to buy my book, HR Like a Boss that comes out October 24th, 2023, published by Sherm. It is your guide to amazingly awesome HR. All right, everyone, wake back up. Devin's going to share more wisdom as we get into that. I always am conscious of the live plugs in the middle of podcasts, so I try to keep those that are listening semi-entertained. So Devin, let's continue on this discussion, this idea. Okay, so now we've got everyone in a better headspace our well-being is in in a right area to be able to give to those that we serve. What are your couple first suggestions that you would make to help these individuals in HR ensure that they've got the right culture to drive the right transformative results to make meaningful impact for their employees and to drive the the business the business results that organizations are looking for? Yeah. So, I mean, again, cultures of, you know, cultures beyond the gene days and the food trucks and the ball games. And I think sometimes we think that's what culture is, or in some cases we think it's, well, it's the senior leadership's team culture. And I would argue that everyone has an opportunity to influence the culture. Cultures like weather patterns, right? There's an aggregate weather pattern, but depending on what department you're in, the, the weather could be very different, just like the culture. And then it's a shared set of values. What do we want to be? What does the culture sound like? What does it feel like? What does it act like? And be very intentional about operationalizing those behaviors. And I'll give you an example. One of the ways that, that I think we missed opportunities, if someone says something or does something at work that's clearly congruent with our culture, do we let them know? Do we talk about it? You see, we talk about things that matter. And when we don't bring those things up, we often unintentionally signal that they don't matter. And I think there's a lot of low-hanging fruit to do that. So for example, if you and I are in a meeting and you and you and you advocate for a, a younger employee who had a hard time speaking up and you go, whoa, 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 whoa. I think Jason was trying to get his point. And why don't we let Jason speak here? Everybody be quiet for a second. Is that a big deal? Yeah, it's a big deal. Because you're advocating for another human being. And I think it's the subtleties like that when we can operationalize in culture and let people know that these core values aren't just platitudes on the wall. We live them, we breathe them. And most organizations I work with talk about them, but do we create space to actually live them and share them and celebrate them and recognize them and reward them? So there's a couple of things to think about. Yeah, you remind me of a couple of things that stand out. One of my slides in my Ohio HR conference is this idea of allyship, which is exactly what you just described, standing up for someone else that maybe doesn't feel like they can be heard or needs the support from someone with 
and in a more in a position of more power or confidence. I'll just put it that way. And super proud to I know I gave that shameless plug to Willery, but we very intentionally recognize our core values. We call them the Willery way. And every single week during our weekly team huddle, we highlight people that were recognized by others for showcasing and living by our core values. And people get recognized for that. And every quarter, there's a winner of the Willery Way. They get a gift card and recognize in front of their entire, the entire firm and their peer group. And we also showcase them on social media. So like you said, Devin, it's it's not that difficult. It doesn't cost that much, but it means a lot to people, the ones that have been recognized. I know the smiles on the faces that I see them, it, it, it means something to them. All right. Well, the podcast is called the HR Like a Boss podcast. The book I have coming out October 24th is also called HR Like a Boss. So Devin, I get all guests out of my show on one final question. How would you describe someone that does HR like a boss? Well, again, I think, you know, someone who's a boss is shows up like a boss. They care. They're concerned. I like to me, influence, I mean, leadership is not about authority. It's about influence. So HR like a boss is you're doing the right things for the right people. Your heart's in the right place, hearts and minds. And you care enough to, to give. Don't expect anything back. And you want to leave a legacy bigger than yourself. That's what I think of when I think about HR as a boss. Awesome. Well, hey, Devin, I really appreciate you being on the show as usual. I'm going to do a quick recap on some of the really amazingly awesome points that Devin made. First and foremost, he had this really cool saying at the beginning that within the mess is a message. So make sure that we remember that when we're really dealing with difficult times or challenging, challenging through some adversity in our life, that there's something there bigger than what maybe you feel like you're in at the moment. Make sure that you recognize that HR is in a time for a makeover. I really like that one, a reconstruction and taking this unique opportunity that Devin talked about and really and really grabbing onto it. In order to do that, we talked a lot about well-being. And in that, we got to take care of ourselves first before we can take care of anyone else. You cannot give what you don't have. And I'm quoting Devin Hughes just about five minutes or, or so ago. So really appreciated that perspective. And then last but not least, when we were talking about doing HR like a boss, leadership is not about authority but the influence and the impact that you can make on others' lives. Devin, I really appreciated you being on the show. I hope you had a good time, and I look forward to seeing you around sometime soon. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Look forward to seeing you too. Thank you again. Thanks for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, you're in for a treat with the book, HR Like a Boss. It's filled with more stories and valuable insights that can truly impact your HR career. The journey doesn't end here. Visit www.hrlikeaboss.com to join the largest community of amazingly awesome human resources professionals who are committed to doing HR like a boss. Stay connected with us on social media and don't forget to hit that subscribe button, rate, and review. Your feedback helps us deliver content that matters to you. Reach out to join directly at john at willery.com. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.